In the name of the one true God, who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is the first of three wonderful conversations that Jesus has with people in the next three weeks. Next week we will hear him speaking with the Samaritan woman at the well. And the week after that, we will hear him speaking with a man who was blind since birth. There's a difference in those two readings than the one today, because when Jesus speaks with the Samaritan woman and with the blind man, he tells them who he is. I am the Messiah. It is he who speaks to you. In today's, Jesus kind of has a little bit of fun with Nicodemus, because he wants him to think. I mean, uh, he's a Pharisee, and we all know what Jesus generally thinks of Pharisees. Some of his most scathing words are for them. He calls them uh, hypocrites. He calls them brood of vipers. But Nicodemus is not only just a Pharisee, but he is one of the leaders of the Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the synagogue. So it's not surprising that even though Nicodemus is curious about Jesus, he, doesn't, he wants to talk to him, but he doesn't want to be seen talking to him. So we presume that's why he went at night. And if you notice, um, Nicodemus has some flowery beginning here. Rabbi, we know that you must be a man sent from God because no one could do these signs that you do if God were not with him. He admires Jesus, but in so many words, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, I don't want you to admire me, I want you to follow me. I want you to listen to the things I say, do the things I do. I want you to follow me, Nicodemus. But he stops short of telling him that he is the Messiah. But he does, does give hints. He goes through the whole story of why God sent, his father, God sent his son, his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. We don't know what happens when this conversation is over, but I'm going to guess that Nicodemus didn't sleep a wink that night. He went home and wrestled with this. Who is this guy? You know, what this, this uh, amazing love that he would... That, that the Messiah would die for us. See, the trouble with Nicodemus is he was looking for God too high up and too far away. Here he was right in front of him. Jesus is talking to him. He wants him to go home and figure it out. And you know, it's almost as though John was writing this because he wants us to go home and think about it. He wants us to wrestle with it. We don't know for sure what happens to Nicodemus, but we do know that later in the Bible he appears again, and it gives us indication that he accepts Jesus. And then, small d. I want to read you the end of near the end of John. Jesus has just been crucified. Later, Joseph of Arimathea another Pharisee and another member of the Sanhedrin, 
asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus by night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the linens in strips of cloth. And in accordance with Jewish burial customs, at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid because it was the Jewish day of preparation. And since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. This tells us something. He's no longer afraid of being seen with Jesus. And remember that at this point, the resurrection hadn't taken place. And to all his believers, the story was over. He's dead. The person that we loved and, and who loved us so is dead now. We're all alone. <clears throat> Wrong. Jesus was resurrected the next day. And we have to think that Nicodemus became a follower of Christ, just as we should and just as we are. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.